a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Jesus does not lie. And he told me, you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He told me, this is my blood shed for you. He told me, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And I've heard the Lord's voice in the absolution, forgiven me. He's, he's told me that he, uh, that he loves the world, that he died for the world, that he shed his blood to save me and forgive me. He said it, and he doesn't lie. Those sins, which we're supposed to be conquering, have been conquered, not by our striving to overcome them, but have they been conquered by the death of Jesus. Those sins, even those pet sins that we're supposed to overcome, even the, the sins that we keep coming back to, those have been crucified with Christ. Uh, and now uh, sanctification is, is putting to death the old, the old Adam, the old flesh, by confessing our sins. I wasn't paying attention to what you just said. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading Facebook. That was a bit of a statuses. snort. <laughs> Welcome to Table Talk Radio. I don't know where Radio, you got a snort in the beginning of the show. The Lutheran Theological Game Show where 50% of the hosts haven't <laughs> failed at stand-up. <laughs> hey, that's right. You know what I... Uh, uh, you, what, is that, what does uh, Chesterton say about those who do and those who critique? That's all I got to say. Those who Which is not really saying failed at it. At all. <laughs> I think that's what he's. We saying. are, by the way, live broadcasting this show as we record on YouTube, so you'll be able to see the video of this show along with a, a goofing off in the breaks in between. If you, I don't know, how do people watch that? They go to our website. Yeah, it'll be on our website, Table Talk Radio, or they can go to uh, YouTube and search for Table Talk Radio. Either way, would be yes. Uh, show two hundred and thirty-nine. Uh, amazing. Oh well, today's lineup for show two thirty-nine. Uh, after doing some buzzwords, we're going to do a first segment of bumper sticker, church sign, and a Facebook Wait theology. A hey, hold on, we're supposed to. T- you're supposed to tell everyone that they can now follow me on Twitter at b wolfmuller on Twitter. So you know the tweet. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like how you, uh, you, <laughs> you think that this is like the late and breaking thing when Twitter's been out for ten years. Uh, y- yeah, well, that's, you know, I'm a little late to the game, but these two guys, I was up in Chicago this last week, uh, and these two guys who are Lutheran without being in the Lutheran church, just beautiful story, and they said, we were looking for you guys all over the place. We were Lutheran, and we and but we didn't know the name of it, and we, we became, we were reading this guy named, Mul- they were Mullinists? I've never even heard of that. Oh, hold on, that's my buzzword. Mullinists. <laughs> Except for, I don't still don't know what it means. Anyway, they said, we're Mullinists. We're looking all over for you Lutherans, and you're impossible to find. You're nowhere. We can never find you. So they said, uh, uh, you got to get on Twitter. Oh, so my now I'm, goodness. I'm tweeting. <laughs> what? I can't, these guys, I listen to we, these guys. We've been can looking you imagine that? You've got Twitter Lutheran doctrine. <laughs> you're looking for Lutheran doctrine, isn't, and isn't you're having that? all these fights with Calvinists, <laughs> and there's no Lutherans around. Isn't that the whole reason that we play games like Google It Theology and things like this? To, to teach you guys that good theology is not on the Internet. It's a, <laughs> I'm going to play a new game called Twitter Theology. I got a new game, and it's called Tweet, Dolly Parton or Joel Osteen. We're going to play that next time because i got to follow Dolly Parton. Hold on, let me find out how to follow Dolly Parton. <laughs> All right. My theological buzzword for you is uh, baptismal regeneration. That's two buzzwords, Dolly okay. Parton. Theological buzz phrase. 
Um, baptismal regeneration uh, is this idea that um, that it's through baptism that the Lord gives us uh, new life, gives us new birth. And so the the classic line is that someone comes up to you and says, "Hey, are are you a born again Christian?" And um, you know what they mean is that they have you made some sort of an act act of the will so that you would be a Christian. And um, we want to come back and say, you mean like how Jesus taught about new birth uh, being found in in baptism, like in John chapter 3? Yes, I am born again, Christian, through water and the word. All right, so baptism regeneration. Okay. Mullenism. There's a Mullenist Facebook. That's my buzzword for you. Jack Mullen. I don't know. I think that's right. There's one person that likes the Mullenism Facebook. I might have to get back to you on this buzz phrase. I meant to do this uh, earlier. Anyway, that's my buzz phrase is Mullenism. How am, I, how am I supposed to use it if you don't know what it means? Well, I won't know if you use it wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that Mullenists are those who have mullets. <laughs> There's a big pack of Mullenists, and they were, were standing outside the barber shop. Okay, um, let's do that's some. right. It's a it's Calvin on top and Arminian <laughs> in the back. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Oh, oh! By the way, you forgot to also plug the fact that we did this journal. Remember this journal what? around the word? So, what? I, this I is like just how, a big sales pitch this whole time. I know. I like how oh. you think it's my job to pitch all of your projects. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you have an article in that journal? Nope. No. Did you? Did I ask you to write an article for the journal? Nope. Yes. Nope. Yes. <laughs> you forgot. You forgot my criteria for writing for your journal. What was it? Being paid. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. All right. Uh, so we're doing some uh, church signs, bumper stickers, Facebook. So if, if our YouTube viewers want to throw some in on the comments, we're happy to look at those too. But uh, let's go to our voicemail first. Uh, Pastor Wolfman, here's the first one. Hey, Brian and Evan. Uh, <laughs> On a bright pink 60s VW Beetle covered in flowers, there's this bumper sticker on its bumper, no less. Tree-hugging dirt worshiper. Have fun. (laughs) Tree-hugging dirt worshiper. Well, you can't fault them for having a bumper sticker that doesn't fit the car. Dirt worshiper. What, the incongruity? Is that a a testimony of postmodernism, is the incongruity between the uh, car and the bumper sticker on the car? Yeah, I mean, if this was like a uh, BMW or something like that, that, that wouldn't you know quite fit. But right. uh, you know, <laughs> the, the bright pink uh, Volkswagen 1960. Yeah, I think that fits. Um, right, tree hugging dirt worshiper. What do you make of that? I don't. Understand. I suspect. Oh, don't we have a worldview catalog that we're supposed to fit these guys into? Mm-hmm. Where is that? Is that on our webpage or something? I doubt it. This would probably fit into the I'm a hippie like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if mom and dad are watching. <laughs> my mom hates it when I call her a hippie, but she was a hippie because she ground up all my baby food. She wouldn't go to the store and buy a baby food. She would just grind <laughs> it up out of the garden, which qualifies that, as being a hippie. That's the criteria of becoming, of being a hippie? <laughs> I think she ironed her hair, too. That that, and currently living in Oregon between the two of those <laughs> yeah, things. That's right. That's right. So anyway, this is I'm a hippie like Brian's mom. World... <laughs> You, that's the. <laughs> is that all the catalog poor, yet? Poor Mrs. Wolf Mueller. <laughs> oh, so no. <laughs> I can't find. I, I've never posted. Yeah, it video. is. Look, it says I'm a hippie like a Linda. It's on the catalog here. 
All right. Oh, man. Sheesh. Yep. That's what that qualifies. Tree-hugging dirt worshiper. Now, Luther says something about that, too, by the way, because we, we, we have the doctrine of the, of the omniscience. No, 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 no. Omnipotence? No, no. The other one. Omnipresence. Ah, yes. That God is everywhere, including in the trees. But we don't have the word from God, which says that we ought to hug the tree for forgiveness. Uh, Luther says it like this, which is just wonderful. He says, God's in the fire, but you don't throw yourself in the fire to find him. And God's in the water, but you don't drown yourself to find him there. So we find, we, we look for, I mean, God's everywhere, surely, but we look for God in his word. And this, oh, which reminds me of something else. I get this, you probably get this question even more than me up there in Oregon. You get the question and, and people say, uh, uh, hey, can we worship God on the mountains? And the answer is to that question, it answers depends. It depends on if you want to skip the divine service to go skiing <laughs> or if you get lost in the mountains and you're trapped there. <laughs> uh, so, so the answer to the second question is, well, if, wherever you're stuck, God is there with you. Uh, but we don't want to stick ourselves there uh, in, in order to avoid the divine service. So, so I, I, the, the worldview catalog that I have on the website is farly outdated. So we need, we need to um, update this thing. So. If you could send that on over to me, that'd be great. Uh, I will. Okay. All right. So, my mom's not on there? I don't know. She's not. <laughs> I'm a hippie like Alinda. <laughs> the name Alinda <laughs> sounds hippie-ish, doesn't it? It does. All right. Alinda. So let's, uh, let's go to another one. Uh, here's, here's the next one. Hey, guys. Uh, church time. This one says, Jesus loves me. This I'll show. Oh, man. Do something. Nice. So, I think that bumper sticker anyways, is its own The rest view. of the story is it does happen to be on one of our local LTMS church church signs. So, um, anyway, have fun with that. This is number, listener number 13 calling. Made my daughter call a while back with the plethora of bumper stickers we saw in a car. But uh, thank you for the continued mediocrity and and work to achieve that. So have a great day, guys. Thanks. Thank you, listener number 13. You can actually see the work in pro progress now if you're watching the YouTube video. Now, I think this is interesting. I'm sweating here. Where's my towel? So so you have um, the, the the standard song, Jesus loves me, this I know. And now the person wants to come along and say, well, knowing that Jesus loves you isn't important or, or enough. Yeah. You must do something. You must show it by your, your acts of, of living. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Because it's it's all about deeds, not creeds, right? Yeah, right. This yeah, falls yeah. into the deeds, not creeds worldview. Is that where what it is? is that? I I thought you had a Pietism one. I did. A little less conversation, a little more action. That's what it is. All right. Well, I'm afraid that's all the time we have for uh, bumper sticker, church sign, Facebook theology. We might have time for one more on the other side of this break. Uh, but then we're going to be playing Ask a Ninja Pastor. So you're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Don't go away. Do the bumper stickers on your car say a lot, a lot about who you Table Talk Radio, unscripted, unprepared, unashamed.
Everybody needs a ninja. <laughs> Something I have always said. Cause you never know when someone else might want to see you dead. Everybody needs a ninja. Welcome back to Table Talk. I, I'm surprised the song wasn't Everybody Needs a Ninja Pastor. I mean, <laughs> Did you see the ninja darting behind me? No, you didn't. <laughs> He's that good. <laughs> He's that fast. I'm just hoping my ninja dog doesn't come in the studio while we're recording yeah. this thing. That was everyone's favorite moment of the previous <laughs> live recorded broadcast. Uh, my hey, part was Sage. The Did my mom name, name your dog Sage? <laughs> You should call it Sage. <laughs> you know, you always you always make this joke. Yeah, it is. It is Colorado, not Oregon. You know, Oregon actually it's not just that Colorado beat Oregon to the punch, but it's that Oregon had it voted on and they voted it down, the legalization of marijuana. What, the legalization of pot? Yeah. It's voted down, but in Colorado, in a great mood around here lately. (laughs) And yet, Wolfner calls us the hippies. All right, sure. Well, look, you guys are the strange mix. I mean, it's Oregon, man. It's weird up there. If you live there, you know what I'm talking about. This is not an insult. It's just a description of reality. It's like it's like half people. It's like you you have people so far on the right, like these super ultra survivalists, and people so far on the left, these whacked out hippies, that they're the same. It's like you. It's like you travel around the world in opposite directions, and you both end up in Grants Pass. Have I anyway. talked to? You, have you talked to? You, have I talked before about uh, the state of Jefferson? Do you know about this? No. So that uh, apparently they wanted to make uh, Southern Oregon and Northern California its own state and be called the state of Jefferson, and it's true. I mean, most most people save like Ashland, Oregon. Most people in Southern Oregon are pretty politically conservative. That's when you go up to you know. Eugene and Salem and Portland, you'll find more of the, the leftists. But uh, th- so this this was to be voted on, but the day it was supposed to be voted on, um, Pearl Harbor uh, struck, and so it never really? went to vote. So uh, uh, you know, little little trivia there for you. Yeah, uh, okay, I, one I more. I really wanted to know. Here's uh, here's one more voicemail. Church sign. Every Christian needs a hoe. H O E hoe. I got nothing. I have no idea what this sign could possibly mean. But it is on the New Zion Methodist Church in downtown Ocala, Florida. Wow, guys, have fun. <laughs> Thank you, church sign guy. What is so every Christian needs every a- Christian needs a hoe. Is that what it said? Really? I guess H O E. You think a letter? I think a letter is missing. Either a P, like every Christian needs a hope. Or every Christian, maybe it's missing an S, and it's every Christian needs a shoe. <laughs> Do you think it's just trying to say that, that Christians should be working at stuff? So, like, a hoe is kind of a metaphor of a tool that you would use to be working? Um, no? <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes putting the best construction on things is really impossible. <laughs> This isn't easy, what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing either. Thanks, church sign guy. Thanks, church sign guy. Oh, I guess it's about time for you to uh, uh, to play us a little Ask a Ninja Pastor, huh? I'm ready. Oh, hold on. Let me... I'm, I'm even going to tell you where my questions are coming from. Ugh. And that is, 
through uh, the Incaridian by Martin Kimnitz. Oh man, I better not miss any of these guys. Yeah, ah. you get. <laughs> I don't think that's what a ninja does. <laughs> you, you hear that? Let me get tender. <laughs> Boy, this ninja—he is discreet. <laughs> Even ninjas get old. I'm ready. Boom! I got five minutes. Hold on, let me get my timer up here. Okay. Now, how does this go? The, you can skip one, no, no fee, no charge. You skip two, you lose a point. You skip three, you lose two points, et cetera, et cetera, on a climbing scale. Yep. And you got five minutes. Great. Ready? All right. Hold on. Almost. i got to set this timer. Ah, this isn't the one I wanted. Uh, timer, online timer, stopwatch. Timer starts after I read the first question. All right. Five, zero, zero. I'm ready. <laughs> People are YouTubers say not to hurt yourself. <laughs> All right. Here we go. May one seek or undertake the ministry of the church who has neither uh, learned the fundamental Christian doctrine nor understands it, nor has the gift to teach it to others. No. Should then one who is somewhat endowed with these gifts on his own initiative and personal judgment without a special and legitimate call undertake the claim for himself the office of teaching in the church? No, no, no. Uh, the office is always given. You can't claim it yourself. So it's it's given through normally it's given through the call of the church. Uh, sometimes in the in kind of in the Old Testament for the prophets and apostles they were immediately called. But the answer is no. You don't seek the office that comes to you. But Paul says in First Timothy three one, he that desires the office of bishop desires a good work. It is, is it indeed? Therefore... It's different to desire an office than to get an office. Go to the next question. <laughs> that, come that, on, come that on. Was the next question? You just cut me off. Uh, <laughs> next question. Uh, but all believers are called priests in First Peter two nine. Have all therefore a general call to the ministry? No, as priests we offer sacrifices to God in in to God by our prayers and in uh, our neighbor through our various vocations. But to be a pastor is different than to be a priest. Uh, all people are priests, but the office of pastor is the unique office of publicly preaching the word and administering the sacraments. Next, for what reason is it so very important that a minister of the church have a legitimate call? Uh, because with the call comes a certainty that him being in the office is a fulfillment of God's will. Uh, it's almost like a, it's, it's like marriage in this sense. I mean, it, marriage is not simply two people deciding that they love each other. It's it's the actual official um, uh, declaration that these two are husband and wife. And so for uh, the call, it's important that the the pastor be recognized publicly as called in a right order by the church, by God through the church. What then is the immediate call, and is it based on God's word? Uh, an immediate call is the call that God gives to the prophets and apostles, which he testifies with by miracles. And it is part of God's word, but it is certainly not regular in the church any longer. Next. What then is the office or work of the ministry of the church? Well, that so the, while we, while those who are immediately called, like the prophets and the apostles, we listen uh, to them because their words are confirmed with miracles coming straight from God. The office of the pastor is to preach rightly the words of the apostles and prophets. So he doesn't speak words from his own heart, but rather speaks and teaches God's own word, and his his words are always tested by the words of the scriptures. So uh, it's the it's the uh, prophetic and apostolic office that the pastor fills, insofar as he's teaching the prophetic. An apostolic word. Next. Uh, what is justifying faith of which Scripture speaks? What? You're changing topics? 
So justifying faith is faith that believes the promise that our sins are forgiven through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. And God accounts that faith as righteousness, as Paul says so often in Romans and Galatians. Next. I'm disappointed you see those as two different topics. All right, next. (laughs) But how does faith apprehend and embrace the object that is proper to it? Uh, Oh, uh, oh, say that again. Uh, But how does faith apprehend and embrace the object that is proper to it? Well, by the work of the Holy Spirit, we have faith. That means we uh, we have a trust in the promise of God. So faith and the promise always go together. Uh, so faith is that apprehending of the promise that our sins are forgiven. Does that answer your question? I'm sure it does. Next. <laughs> um, what if a secure Epicurean, without repentance, holding fast to the intent to continue in sins, forms this conviction that he nevertheless has a merciful God? Is that the kind of conviction true and justifying faith? The, the, so there's repentance, which is sorrow over sin, and then faith in the gospel. And then repentance has fruit, which is um, the desire to do good works. So like it says in the in the apology, how about this? Faith is born in repentance, and it, and it grows and strives in the midst of good works and suffering. So someone who... Um, so someone who manifests that clear lack of the fruit of repentance testifies to the fact that they don't have repentance to begin with. Can man by, by his own free will or by virtue of his own powers acquire this faith? No. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. We're dead in trespasses and sins so that faith is uh, given to us. It's uh, we're, By grace you are saved through faith, and that faith, not of your own, it is a gift of God, so nobody can boast. Next. But how and through what means does God want to work and kindle faith in us? Through the means of the scriptures, the gospel preached, and through means of the sacraments. Those are the only two ways that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, works and continues uh, and builds and makes faith. Next. But, but does Quick, faith justify this reason and uh, for such an exceeding gift of God? Uh, that's time. I'm sorry. I couldn't get it out. The question was, uh, but does faith justify for this reason? Um, that it does such an excellent gift of God and is outstanding an outstanding virtue in itself. No, no. The answer is faith justifies only because of the greatness of that which it apprehends, God's promise. Yeah, that would Something have been a like good that, point right? to gain. All right, well, we're going to count up your score during this commercial break, and then we're going to have another round of Ask a Ninja Pastor. We'll see if we can find another Ninja Pastor laying around here somewhere uh, to play the game with you. Uh, and then we'll, uh, I can't wait to see. I gotta watch you live as I'm asking you these questions. <laughs> you see the, be awesome. the beads of sweat rolling down yeah, my that's forehead. Right. Oh man, that's right. I got the I got the towel for that's you. That's if you see me. You better you'll, you'll be lucky. <laughs> All right, he chopped that question in half. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Table Talk Radio uh, on YouTube and on TableTalkRadio.org. Oh. If uh, you have a question, send an email at questions at tabletalkradio.org. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Everybody needs a ninja. Well, that's a simple fact of life. They can kill with sheets of paper. They don't need no stinking knife. They live their lives so secretly and ninjas kill so gracefully. They leap from tree to tree like Jackie Chan or Chow Yun Fat. They use their super ninja power to kill someone at any hour. They could be hiding in your shower. You never know just where they're at. Table Talk Radio. 
you won't find a better show out there unless you try. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. <laughs> but they fought with expert timing. All right, we're back on Table Talk There's Radio. no charge for awesomeness or attractiveness. <laughs> Is that song in that movie? Yeah. You're the closing most, credits. Most favorite movie of all time kung fu panda <laughs> oh man right behind uh, beauty and the beast <laughs> <laughs> that should be a subtitle of our show well right behind the beauty, beauty and, the beast. and the beast yeah i know which one you are this is coffee by the way everybody it was coffee it was all you right, never know you what'll have, be in there next but. from playing ask a ninja pastor you have 11 points are you serious? So that's the number to beat. I thought I answered like 25 questions. Well, I can't count that one. I answered them so fast you couldn't even count. <laughs> Apparently. All right. I was going to get my little bandana going, but oh well. <laughs> Look, here your questions are marked up all in the oh, catechism. No. You see that? All right. If I get them wrong, this you isn't better, good. You better not miss any of these guys. All right. Hold on. Let me get this timer open here. Do, 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 do. By the way, YouTube listeners, you got to start writing in your questions because we're going to do that in the next thing here. Yes. Okay, I will start the timer at the end of uh, at the end of the first question. Are you ready? Ready. What is a creed? A creed is a uh, statement of one's belief, a confession of their um, belief. Done. Yeah. I like it. I'll give you two points for answering it the same way twice. What are the creeds, the three creeds used by the church? The Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed. Done. Yeah. Okay, good. Let me go to the next one here. Sorry. Don't Sam worry Baggy. about the time. What two natures, therefore, are united in the one person of Christ? The divine nature and the human nature. Done. What? <clears throat> Why was it necessary for our Savior to be true man? Uh, it was necessary for our Savior to be true man so that he could live perfectly in our place, fulfill, fulfilling the, the law, the, the ceremonial law, the, the, um, the Levitical, or the civic law and the moral law in our place. Done. From what has Christ redeemed you? Uh, Christ has redeemed me from sin, death, and the devil, all three. Done. Now, how has Christ redeemed you from all your sins? Um, by his perfect life, act of obedience, and by his death on the cross, his passive obedience. Yeah. Done. Oh, good. Yeah, I like that. That's all you want to say about it? Uh, in his resurrection? What, what else do you want? Oh, okay. That sounds good. What is this work <laughs> of the Holy Spirit? The work of the Holy Spirit is uh, to, um, uh, to, enlighten the, uh, uh, to, to enlighten us sinners uh, to faith, uh, to bestow to us the forgiveness of sins through word and through the sacrament. Um, he gathers us uh, into his church. He he bestows to us um, his his gifts of life and salvation, and they are always mediated through word and sacrament. Done. Why do you say the Holy Spirit has done this by the gospel? I didn't. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> because in the gospel, we have the good news is the very word of Christ. And uh, that word of gospel is that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection for us bestows to us the righteousness of God and the forgiveness of our sins. And um, Jesus himself promised that where 
where his word is proclaimed, there the Spirit uh, is working and active. Done. What is the Holy Christian Church? Uh, the Holy Christian Church is that uh, body of believers uh, who believe um, uh, in faith, by faith, uh, the very promise of God um, uh, gathered around word and sacrament. Done. Why can and should I be sure of the forgiveness of my sins? Ah, this is wonderful. <laughs> there, you, you can and should be, uh, was it certain of the forgiveness of sins? Yeah, sure. Uh, sure yeah. of this, yeah. Because Christ died for you, and he died for all. Uh, and so uh, this is the, the basis of our, of our certainty. It's not because of anything that I do or any uh, faith in me or any merit in myself, um, but the certainty is found outside of us, extra dose. Um, and it's uh, on, on, on the cross. Now, it's, you can know it's for you specifically because he died for the whole world. And that's, that's the key. Because if, if, if Jesus didn't die for everyone, if Jesus died for some, then you can't really be certain that uh, he died for you. Done. What do the scriptures teach about the resurrection of the body? Uh, the scriptures teach about the resurrection of the body. Um, oh, uh, so that uh, on the last day we will we'll be raised from the dead. Um, and there will be a, a judgment. Uh, Christ will judge then the living and the dead, those uh, who uh, possess faith in Christ, who, who have been given the gift of faith, and those who uh, reject this gift um, will be separated um, on the last day. Done. Are, are people born? Are people reborn in bodies or in forms? <laughs> Pass. Oh, what is the kingdom of God? Uh, the kingdom of God is uh, the Lord's the the Lord's <laughs> reign amongst His people, uh, so that uh, the, the the kingdom of God is not a locativeness, um, but it is a the place where uh, uh, it's the uh, it's it's the reign of God, um, so that that God is is reigning among us in His Word and His sacrament, and and uh, we will then brought at last to His His kingdom um, in heaven, and uh, we will reign eternally in His kingdom forevermore. Done. What do tempt and temptation mean in the scriptures? <laughs> um, uh, a, a, a temptation <laughs> is the uh, um, is is the uh, attempt of the devil to get you to forsake the promise of God, um, as as Luther teaches that that God God tempts no one. Um, so that it's, it's the work of the devil then to get you to doubt or to draw to question the very word of God. Done. What? Oh, time. Oh, okay. I thought you were buzzing <laughs> that answer. I thought, what? <laughs> I'm not going to count that answer. Oh, come Don't on. Worry. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm counting them up. Okay. Nice. Anything you want to revisit in that whole mess? No, I'm all right. Three, four. Unless is there anything you, th you six, think I need to? Seven. I didn't get a chance to talk about the the mullets. Eight, <laughs> nine, <laughs> ten, eleven, twelve, minus one. No, eleven. No, no, no. You get a freebie. You remember? I I know, but I didn't count. I counted the one you uh, passed, so I had to subtract it. I didn't take off one. Oh. So you got eleven and a half. You got eleven point three. I don't know, but if I don't know how I got point three, 
But uh, if that's could true, you, I, could you, you got you almost answered the end of that last one. But you didn't quite <laughs> oh, get come it. on, I got it. <laughs> well, all right. If you get that, uh, la- 11, if you get that last one, that takes you to twelve. Eleven point three is still enough to beat you. It doesn't really matter. All <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> all right. We have oh, to- someone said that this show, that the sidebar is more interesting than the show because they're making fun of how easy these questions are. <laughs> So, oh, I know we're gonna we're gonna have Pastor Fisk bad. on, and we're gonna have a set questions, so they're the same. And so oh, that's right, you're gonna put me in the box. Yeah, you'll be in the sound booth. Ask him, and then you can compare question or answer to answer, huh? Yeah, I'll, I'll give uh, Fisk a buzzer, and so if if he doesn't like your answer, well, wait, how can he do that up. if he's listening? Well, if oh, he goes first, go, it won't matter he if he hears first. him again. When is he gonna do that? By the way, uh, that'll be better. <laughs> Wait, better than what, huh? What are you saying? Uh, nothing. All right. Nothing. Did I say something? <laughs> All right. We have three minutes. Is there anything else that uh, that I? That... Well, yeah. Let's talk about the. Uh, let's talk about the best question. Is how are you certain that? Uh, how did the question go? Um, how are you certain that Jesus has forgiven your sins? Yes. Remember that? Yeah. So I pointed to Christ and Him crucified. How was that for an answer? Yeah, that's good. And but see the forgiveness of sins comes to us in more than just the how could how let's see how the catechism answers it why and can, uh, why can and should I be sure of the forgiveness of my sins I can and should be sure of the forgiveness of my sins because God keeps His promises in Christ that's the answer that they give here which is pretty good so um, because it's because the forgiveness of sins isn't just the death of Jesus it's the it is the promise of the death of Jesus for you. And the Lord delivers that promise to us, in, and he, he delivers that promise to us in, um, uh, in baptism. He delivers the promise to us in the Lord's Supper. He delivers the promise to us in the preaching of the gospel. He delivers that promise to us in the absolution. And when the Lord delivers that promise to us, we can be certain of it, because God never, God never lies. He always tells the truth. So, Oh, I know what we can also do is talk about this one that you skipped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are people reborn in bodies or forms? Yeah, I w- <laughs> I wasn't It is a little trick. Here's the catechism answer by the way. Reincarnation, the belief that when people die they're reborn in other bodies or in a se- series of other bodies is contrary to scripture. But when we are uh when we are um oh 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 oh. oh. You know what? I miss. I totally misread the question. Look at that. I said, "Are people reborn in bodies or forms?" But the question should be, "Are people reborn in bodies or forms?" Uh, you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the answer is no. You're not reborn. We're resurrected. And the difference between reincarnation <laughs> I and was resurrection. Say. <laughs> I don't remember that question in the catechism. <laughs> <laughs> the resurrection is that the Lord actually takes our destroyed, all gnarled up body, and He builds it back up. He puts it back together. So uh, so there is no reincarnation in the Bible. There is only resurrection. Ah, there it is. I think I would have probably got that, that if you had read the question correctly. <laughs> All right, let's go to another commercial break, and then uh, in the last segment of the program, we're going to be answering your theological questions. Now, if you're listening live on YouTube, uh, you can call us right now at 1-800-385-SOLA. Oh, one eight hundred three eight five seven six five two. If you want to ask a question, or we'll be reading the emails from questions at tabletalkradio.org. You are listening to Table Talk Radio, and we do have our merchandise shop there on tabletalkradio.org for your uh, shopping for your hippie mother. Um, it, we have <laughs> do we have a tie dye shirt. We need a tie dye shirt for for your mom. 
<laughs> That's right. Oh, man. So we'll get that. That's on tabletalkradio.org. Give us a call, 1-800-385-7652. We'll be right back. Table Talk Radio. Oh, Table Talk Radio. Well, we think we're funny. You think you're going, baby? Hey, I just met you. It's crazy, but it's my church home. So try it, baby. It's hallelujah. Book Road, baby. Yes, it's my church home. So try it, baby. Hey, I all right. Uh, what we need is the world's most annoying song uh, made into a, uh, a a video to appeal to someone's church attendance. That is exactly what we need. Uh, so here right, we're. Answering. I was going to do a version of Gengen style to promote. Hope. <laughs> there you go. All right, we have Carol. Ganasio style. Wow. Gary, you have a question for these ninja pastors. Is that right? Yes. All right. What's your question? Well. Um, I know I should probably know the answer to this, but uh, how do I briefly give someone an explanation why uh, I don't feel it necessary to give up anything for Lent because uh, Christ paid the ultimate price for us and therefore really nothing we can uh, abstain from or, or give up, you know, would make a difference uh, in our in our own future Oh, thank you, Carol. All right, Pastor, I'm going to let you take that one first. Who is that, by the way? Carla, actually. Oh, Carla. I'm sorry, Carla. Hey, Carla. Carla. Mm -hmm. Thanks for calling in. You're making Evan's year, his decade, (laughs) by the way, having a live caller. Yeah. (laughs) He looks so sad on the video. Do you see his. This uh, this happens all the time, though, right? So, what are you giving up for Lent? So, what do you say, Pastor Wolfman? Uh, I give up shaving, see? I give up coffee because I don't drink coffee. But you know. <laughs> it's nice. It's always nice to give up something that you haven't given up, that you don't use anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so it's a to give something up during Lent is a it it is a modification of fasting. So, so we don't, um, you know, Jesus does say when he, he he's asked by the Pharisees, why don't your disciples fast? And Jesus says, well, the bridegroom is here, but when the bridegroom is gone. Uh, uh, they 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 will fast, and so the church does fast. So Lent is a is a time of fasting, uh, and th- that so that doesn't always mean fasting from food. There's different kind of uh, abstaining from different sort of things, and it's not a bad custom. It's perhaps it the best thing for the best reason to fast is to is we're training our desires um, that they don't rule over us, that our stomach is not in charge of, of us. And what we want is things greater. Like Jesus says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every uh, word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But, uh, how the Christian does this and in what sort of various ways is, um, is as different as each Christian is different. So, so we don't want to force something. And it's true that the, if we were to fast because we would think that that would give us some sort of righteousness before God, that takes a what is a good and healthy discipline and makes it into idolatry. So that we come and we say, look, our the fasting that matters for us, the fasting that prevails before God is Jesus fasting, his uh, his perfection and his death on the cross, his being forsaken by the Father. 
so that's so that is the thing that matters. So I, I don't know if the the quick answer would be to say, um, uh, uh, while we we try to give up sin, we can't. So we rejoice that Jesus um, hasn't given up on us. I I suspect that be, might be a nice way to explain it. Although, any any your guess okay. is probably as good as mine. Thanks for calling in, Carla. And then, uh, Frank, we have Frank on the line, too. Frank, what's your question? Well, I was looking at Jeremiah chapter 29 today, and uh, specifically verse 13, where it says, You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And, of course, uh, it made me think of some New Testament passages, you know, ask, seek, knock, etc. And so I had a conversation uh, with a uh, non-Lutheran friend who... uh, really kind of chided me about, hey, we're not very seeker-friendly people. And the Bible clearly says that we seek God. What's the answer? Especially in light of, say, this passage here that was thrown in my direction. Yeah. This is, oh, th- and thanks, Frank, for calling in. My good, you're not going to know what to do with yourself over there, Evan. Getting callers. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just sitting at your feet listening to your wisdom. Just go, go, keep going. <laughs> there, there is the... Um, so we ha- we have to put these passages next to each other and see what we can do with them. So I'm looking at Romans chapter 3, uh, starting with verse 10, as it's written, No one is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. So we have the passage in Romans, which tells us no one seeks God. And then we have the passages like Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, where he says, Seek and you will find, or that Jeremiah passage, uh, uh, seek and you will find me if you if you seek with your whole heart. So that uh, it's it, you you have this contradiction where on the one hand the Bible tells us to seek God and then on the other hand it tells us that we don't seek God. And Jesus perhaps answers this by saying that our salvation is found in in repentance, which is being sought after by the good shepherd and being found. So we like sheep have gone astray, but we've all returned to the shepherd and overseer of our, of our souls. That Jesus has gone and and sought after us and brought us back. So that this Jeremiah passage is, is really comes down to a, a, the harshest preaching of the law. Look, you could find me. If you could seek me, you would find me. But we don't even seek him. Uh, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, it's like the father who, who says uh, to play hide-and-go-seek with the kids, and, and he's got a prize after it, and they don't, they don't even go looking for him. They just sit there and play on the Nintendo or something. So they don't find him. Look, if you find, you should do it. So I think that's... I don't know. I, that, that would be my take at it, to compare that with Romans chapter 2, where we quoted the psalm that says that nobody actually does seek God. And, and maybe, maybe one more thing, is that, and that is when, when the Holy Spirit does convert us, he, he hands us over to a, to a will or the will of our spirit, which does desire the things of God. So in a sense, the Christian does seek after those things of God insofar as they are part of the new man. Uh, but the unbeliever doesn't. Ah, very good. Is that, is that well, good, Frank? You. Appreciate the answer. All right, thank you. All right, hey, look at that. Two que- now, I, do you have a, an email, Pastor Wolfmuller? Oh, yeah, sorry. This is from Andrew from Australia, so I'll read it in my Australian accent. <laughs> oh, brother. Hi, <laughs> Evan. Oh, it's to you. It's not even to me. In a world that doesn't acknowledge the authority or the distinctiveness of the scriptures and frankly doesn't get what Christianity is all about, probably due to focusing on morality rather than the gospel, how do you start evangelizing or giving a reason for your faith that doesn't sound like it's completely moronic? My life change, my changed life isn't the gospel. 
Loads of Mormons and Muslims have far better stories of changed lives since they found Joseph Smith or Muhammad. That's how to say Muhammad in Australian. Muhammad. <laughs> Almost as soon as you start citing the Bible, people's eyes glaze over as they've been taught to take it as seriously as Aesop's fables. I'm disheartened at the idea of evangelism and, frankly, scared. Our society despises God, the calls he makes in our lives, and even though we might be offered forgiveness, admitting that our lives are in need of fixing isn't happening much in our society, except in the pop-psych couch of Dr. Phil. <laughs> I don't have answers, and I'm not good at thinking quickly on my feet. This might be a question for Lumpy, but I thought I'd pose it to the person most recently in seminary. Hey. Regards, Andrew Brisbane Quild. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Thanks for that reading in the Australian accent. Well, not I, a problem, I, now I think this is not a problem. This this is a fantastic question. I think this is a question that we need to be asking ourselves um, now because um, he's absolutely right. This kind of um, I mean, understand what I mean when I say this, but th this kind of intuitive acceptance of the of the Bible's authority is gone. I mean now. We can step back and say, "Hey, look, no one in their sin accepts the authority of the Bible." But, but there was at least a, a, a culture that understood the Bible to have some authority because uh, 20 years ago, my parents made me go to Bible school or something like that. But that's gone, so so that's out the window. So the question is, um, on what authority does the Bible stand? And in other words, we can't just say it's in the Bible, so therefore it's an authority. Where does the Bible have authority? And I think that the the place that we can find um, scriptural authority. Um, is in the resurrection of Jesus. So that Jesus um, testifies to the veracity of Scripture. And then he, so he makes these claims that they have Moses and the prophets, you know, and these kinds of things. And then um, Jesus dies and then raises, you know, rises from the dead. <laughs> you know, so the fact that Jesus comes back to life shows that what he was saying um, counts shows that what he was saying matters. So I think um, uh, apologetically, then we can we can do our our apologetic homework and our apologetic work to be prepared for that, uh, giving account for the hope that is in us um, by uh, kind of learning learning some fantastic arguments, historical arguments for the resurrection of of Jesus. Is there a historical argument to say that Jesus did not rise from the dead? Um, and I don't I don't think there is a valid historical uh, argument against that. Um, so there, if you can start that as your basis, um, now you have some 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 kind of room to move around. Yeah, that's right. And we remember too that everybody has a conscience. So even the most hardened of sinners um, and most disinterested person does have a conscience in there that's telling them something's right or wrong. Uh, and it might not be telling them the thing that they're doing is wrong, but it'll tell them that the thing that someone does against them is wrong. So that's another option, another opportunity where we can. Uh, kind of work the conversation about what the Lord is up to into it. Emma says that Pastor Wolfman should give up his Australian accent for Lent and then forever. <laughs> oh, that cuts deep, Emma. That's like putting me in a box full of kangaroos. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for those watching on YouTube. That's it. And uh, it's thank over? you for those listening. I can't on believe Table it ended so Radio. soon. <laughs> you can watch this if you're listening to this on the radio and you want to watch this miserable show uh, yeah. before your eyes you can go to YouTube go to Dream Come and search True. for Table Talk Radio uh, thank you for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio <laughs> this is where you have oh, a joke oh no I, I forgot again man
You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. Everything goes out the the views expressed on this show I are know. that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions <laughs> of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.